to Women Worth Knowing, the radio program and podcast hosted by Cheryl Broderson and Robin Jones-Gunn. There are so many Christian women with fascinating stories, whether missionaries, musicians, reformers, authors, wives, or mothers. Their examples are inspirational to us all. Hi, I'm Cheryl Broderson, and my co-host Robin Gunn is not in this week, but I'm here, and I'm ready to talk to my next guest. You know, we like it every once in a while when we can actually get a living person in the studio, because we want you to know that even though we're featuring so many women from history— that the Lord is used in these extraordinary ways. He's still using women in extraordinary ways. Average women, ordinary women, um, all of us feel very ordinary. But I think those are God's favorite women to use. So in studio, I have Lynn Kelly. And you're going to find out how extraordinary God has made her life. But he starts with the very ordinary, doesn't he, Lynn? He sure does. He sure does. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about where you grew up and um, what life was like growing up and then how you got saved. Yeah. So I did grow up in a Christian home. My dad was a pastor um, until I was about 11. At that point, um, my parents they had a rough time in the church. and right. um, So many do, yeah. and that's so good yeah. to bring up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. They had a hard time. And um, I don't want to say they fell, apart, uh, fell away from the Lord, but they definitely struggled for a time. Um, my dad wasn't a pastor. Mm-hmm. My mom started drinking. Um, she became an alcoholic. So that was kind of um, my younger years. Uh, by the time I was 16, praise God, she got sober. Mm. Um, she's been sober ever since. So that was almost close to 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, too, I mean, because you brought it up, like ministry is hard. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there, and I, I read this thing that if you use like a glass of wine, to calm down, mm. that's when it's dangerous mm. because it becomes your go-to yeah. to deal with stress. Your mm. poor mom. Yeah, but yeah. That thank was God. Hard. Yeah, that was hard for her. Yes. And you know what? She was uh, she was actually a missionary herself growing oh. up in Germany. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Her parents were missionaries in Germany. So, And, you know, that's, I think, where you don't expect people to be mean in the church. Yeah. Oh, there's it a hurts the worst cer- there. It does. It? it really does. The, the criticism yeah. mm-hmm. or even when people leave the church, um, nobody understands how personal you take it yeah, yeah because you love and you invest mm-hmm. you pray for these people and then they leave and you're like oh my goodness so it can be very painful and then of course there's spiritual warfare yeah. I, I only say this now because lynn is also a pastor's wife so yes, we're know. relating right now <laughs> yes, yes and we're bringing sure. you into a little bit and so so far our slogan is be nice to pastor's wife be nice to oh, your pastor's I wife no i know it's like, it can and be a pastor. lonely yeah yes. a lonely world sometimes it is because really. we're always sitting by ourselves i know because you know our husband's now when someone sits else. with me i don't know what to do actually like, <laughs> why are you sitting with me i'm alone <laughs> loner you no. said this yeah yeah so yeah so my poor parents yeah they went through it but they they um by the time i was 16 so kind of those formative years they were just kind of dropping us off at church um i at that point started just living for myself mm-hmm. i was 
very prideful. I loved boys, kind of went from boy to boy to boy. That was my thing. Um, just kind of raising myself. My parents were just trying to figure things out themselves, you know. Right, I right. was the oldest, so okay, yes. at the same time, very responsible, caring for my younger siblings when mom mm-hmm. was in rehab, stuff like that. And I saw the effects of alcohol on my mom at that young age. So good thing I never got into drugs. I never got into alcohol. I didn't want to be uh, involved in any of that. Mm-hmm. But I still was a sinner, and I was a yucky, yucky inside. But my mm-hmm. outside looked good. I, I right? had the same thing when I was in college. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I feel like we're the hardest ones, really, to get saved because we look so good on the outside, mm-hmm. but on the inside, we're so yuck. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to my senior year in high school. My best friend had gotten saved at that point. I didn't really know. I noticed she was kind of acting different, mm-hmm. but um, she was going to go to Calvary Chapel Bible College in Marietta. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, we were living in Washington State at the point at that time, and it was rainy and cold. And I was like, oh, I want to go to California. That sounds kind of cool. It's the hot springs. I figured mm-hmm. it was probably somewhere close to a beach. Little did I know it was like an hour away. <laughs> at least. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but my parents told me, okay, you go. Go for a year at least, and we'll let you marry this new boy you're with. Because I really wanted to get married. I thought this mm-hmm. guy was the guy, right? Totally not saved, not living a Christian lifestyle whatsoever. So um, I get down to the Bible college. And it probably, I'm not saved, like, Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) People are always really surprised when they ask, you know, how'd you get saved? Mm -hmm. Bible college. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I was there for probably about four weeks, six weeks, when I realized that this place was really weird. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The people were weird. Mm -hmm. There was no math. Mm -hmm. There was no English. (laughs) What kind of college? How did I go there? And I didn't know. I had no idea. There was no math, no Mm -hmm. no English. Yeah. And your your homework is like, read Romans. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Chuck. Check tapes. Yeah, check yes. tapes. I was in the I was in the tape library. That was actually my <laughs> service. My M. So at the Bible College, you have a, a class you have to take. That's your practical Christian service. Mm-hmm. I was in the tape library. Children, those are the things you put in the. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, so basically, at that point, um, one day I was walking, and this guy, his name was Adi. I still remember him. He ended up becoming a missionary. Mm. We knew him later on in Nairobi. Mm-hmm. Um, he came up to me and he said to me, how's your relationship with Jesus? Mm-hmm. And I remember just looking at him and saying, fine. Mm-hmm. And I walked away. And it was the moment in my life where the spirit just cut me to my heart. And I was, I knew I had nothing to say. I was thinking about it right now. Mm -hmm. I knew I had nothing to say. I didn't know who Jesus was and I was going to hell. I was Mm -hmm. really scared (laughs) because I, you know, I had grown up in church and I knew those basic, you know, you have to have Jesus or you're going to go to hell kind of stuff. I didn't really know. I hadn't grasped really what that meant in my Mm -hmm. life. So that was my moment. My husband, Brian, he doesn't have a moment. He has like years Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I know people like that. Yeah. It's like this gradual thing. Yeah. Yes. So I feel like we're all we're mm-hmm. different, right? We are. Yes. So I, um, at that moment, yeah, I knew, I knew I had to have Jesus at that mm-hmm. moment. I didn't ask him right then. I just knew I was going to hell. I was scared to death. I knew that it was going to mean breaking up with my boyfriend mm-hmm. in Washington State. And I That's ran, big. Yeah. I ran back to my room and my roommates had all been praying for me. They all knew. Yeah. I, so I'd gone <sighs> with my best friend who was a Christian. Mm-hmm. And we were all rooming together. And so she told all the other girls that they need to pray for me. <laughs> Bless their hearts. So they had all been for like six weeks. They knew this one girl wasn't a, you know, a Christian yeah. in her room. So they'd all been praying for me. And um, 
there was a, a service that night. We, call, we called it a koinonia service. So mm-hmm. It was a worship service. And so I, I was like, can we go? And my roommate was like, yes, of course I can go. Mm-hmm. So she brought me that night. And I still remember just on my hands and knees, just giving my life to the Lord and mm-hmm. telling him to mm-hmm. take it. So they all, at that point, me and my roommates, we all went to the payphone, the payphone, mm-hmm. sat at my feet while I called my boyfriend and bro- wept and broke up with him and um, that was my one thing that the Lord really had to do immediately in my life. And then after that, for the next while, like he just showed me his love. He was so mm. good to me. The Lord was so good to me that mm-hmm. first that first year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is where you've dated yourself, the payphone and the yes, cassette I tapes. Know. Yes, I am. Those are the, I, those yes. are the two things that yes. date. Bible college was 97 to 99. Yeah. So. It's so funny mm-hmm. when you, um, I'll say something and, and you can see women are calculating like, how? Oh, yeah, how old are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, you're at Bible college. Now, yes. is that where you met your uh, Brian? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So this, that's the next story. That's where we end up. So I break up with this boy. Um, and that Lord, probably felt like the end of, really, yeah, it was like, really okay, hard. I'm going to be single for Jesus, which is fine because yeah. I'm at Bible college and we do this, you yeah, know? Yeah, and, but again, the Lord was, I uh, just reiterate, like he showed me his love so mm. much at that point. And he wasn't. I feel like with each of us, he he knows how much we can each handle, mm-hmm. right? So he didn't start pulling too much out of me yet. He, I love that. That was the one thing mm-hmm. he really required was for me to give up that boy, and it did feel like the end. Mm-hmm. But I met Brian, my husband now, mm-hmm. very soon after. <laughs> God, so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like, you know, yeah. with a toddler, yeah, yeah, the yeah. thing with a toddler is yeah. that you don't just take a toy away. You no, show no. them another, another toy. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> then you're like, yeah. let's try. Yeah, let's try. And that God yeah. is so good. Yeah, he did. So he 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 gave me Brian and it was um it was really sweet. Uh we were together for about a year and I'll say together because he ended up breaking up with me. Okay. Yeah. We um we were both of us were newly saved and within four years at that point we were gonna be in Africa after that. We were gonna be in Africa and he was gonna be a pastor of the church. Then. Oh my goodness. So Looking back now, I can see mm-hmm. what God was doing. He needed to do an expedited work. Mm-hmm. So for that first yes. year, he just showed me love. Mm-hmm. And then it was time to do the work. There was mm-hmm. some work that needed to be done. There was a lot that needed to be taken out of my life. And um, he really needed to, to change me. So God was doing this great work in Brian's life at that point. And him and I, we were kissing. We were getting into all that stuff. And I'm not saying that's right bad for everybody. But for him and I, neither of us were pure. And mm-hmm. we just we started becoming each other's gods in each mm-hmm. other's lives. And that's so easy to do. It really is. So basically at that point, um, he felt like he needed to not be with me to continue, you know, growing with the Lord as hard as that was. So he, um, yeah, he broke up with me. It was really, really hard. But like I said, looking back now, I saw I, I needed, it was time. It was time for God to do that work in my life. So I swore off boys. <laughs> I wasn't a toddler anymore, right? Yeah. I was no more toddler. It was time to, mm-hmm. yeah, I swore off and I, I got a, I was working in the front desk at the Bible college at that point. And um, I remember if a boy even looked at me, like I wasn't even a friends with a guy. I was like, and I just, I, I gained weight. Mm-hmm. I Stopped wearing makeup. I didn't show my shoulders. I like went, my pendulum swung completely. I did the, the same other. thing. Yeah. I, but was, I went even further. Yeah. I quit plucking my eyebrows. Oh, uh-huh. I went uh-huh. all the oh, way. Yeah. Oh, like, nice. You know, no yeah. makeup, no. Yeah. My yeah. mom was so worried I know. about so me. So much. So much. <laughs> I was actually reading my journal the other day about experiencing going back home after that. And I remember yeah. writing, my mom, my parents don't understand me anymore. They watch TV. You know, yeah. so. <laughs> My Such poor parents, sinners. I yeah. know, seriously, because I, I mean, I wasn't, yeah, we weren't watching, I didn't watch television. Yeah. I didn't nope. go to the movies. It was, yeah. and 
that was a good that was a good season though. You know, mm-hmm. everybody again, yep. everyone has a different walk yep. and needs to do different yep. things. I got a little legalistic on yeah. oh, myself, stop. you know, and especially on stop. others, you know. Oh, exactly. Yeah. When you start thinking you're better than everybody, oh, else, there's a problem. Yeah, yeah, God is so gracious. He is, he is. But those things I did that I needed to just be me and the Lord. I mm-hmm. needed no mm-hmm. boys, nothing, nothing mm-hmm. that um mm-hmm. So um, I, at that point, the Lord started um, showing me my call to Uganda. Mm. Oh, my goodness. I know. Yeah, yeah. And this is, you're not with Brian. No, no. So I'm still at the Bible college with him mm-hmm. at this point. So that was hard because there's only like 500 students there. Right. So we were still right. seeing each other off right. and on, you know. So that was hard. But at the same time, um, I was like, nope, no boys, no boys. I still loved him so much, though. Oh, mm. so hard. Oh, that was hard. It was a really hard season. But um, so I was... At a service one day um, at the, there was I think it was a chapel, and Wes Bentley from Far Reaching Ministries oh, right, was speaking. Right, 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 right. And um, he was talking on them going into northern Uganda and working with the refugees up there. And I was like, that is what I'm called to do. I am called to go to Uganda. I know it. Wow. And I went back to my room, and I told my roommates. But I, I thought that's what everybody wanted to do. I didn't yeah. understand calling yeah. yet, yeah. right? And yeah. they were like, that's yeah. crazy. No. And I was yeah. like, oh. Yeah. That must be what a calling is, right? So um, a few months go by, and um, I end up at West Bentley's house randomly. I was helping. He used to travel a lot, and I had a friend who would do errands for him. And I, he was there one day, and he laid hands on me because my friend was like, she wants to go to Uganda one day. Wow. And so as like a 19-year-old, he laid hands on me and prayed for me that I would be a missionary to Uganda one day. And, and little did I know that four years later, he would be. we would go with Far Reaching Ministries, and he would be— yeah, so it's, it was very cool how God did it. But um, he's, they still had a lot of work to do in me. Mm-hmm. So it was about six more months. I ended up randomly getting stuck back in my hometown, back up in Washington State. I wanted to go to the castle. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do a semester of missions. Mm-hmm. missions. Our church has a castle in yeah. Austria where it, there was a Bible college that you could go to. In fact, I think about that time, mm-hmm. Ryan and I would teach at the Bible college in yes. Austria. We would so, do spe- we would do a week there every that was a time. semester. Your daughter came and did one semester with us. I yes. still remember. Yes. She, just, she shaved her head at that Yes, point. she did. Yes, she did. <laughs> I remember those Talk stories. Talk about her time yes. and the Lord getting a yes. lot out and yes. getting a lot in. Yes, yes. that was her, the Bible college. Her. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So, I was, I was really hoping to go to the missions campus. Mm-hmm. I needed. I wanted yeah. to be away from Brian. Anyways, I wanted yeah. to. Um, so I, I was back home in Washington, and every single thing fell apart for me to leave. Mm. All my funds, everything mm. that I thought was going to happen, and I just got stuck there. And I remember just being like, "Lord, like I want to be a missionary. I don't want to be here in my hometown." My ex boyfriend was knocking at the door, showing mm-hmm. me his new truck, and I was like, "No, get out of here! I don't want you anymore. I don't even wow. want makeup. Go, wow. yeah. <laughs> get out of here." Um, and um, I got a job actually at the Calvary Chapel there. I was working at the preschool. Um, it was a, and it was still a sweet time. I was meeting with the pastor's wife mm-hmm. once a week, and she was discipling me. Oh, just, precious! Yeah, yeah. I would weep, you know, think about Brian, yeah. cry, and remember. Okay, so the moment Brian and I hadn't spoken in about six months. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm driving. It was. It was a long mm-hmm. time. It was a long time. I didn't know he was in Montana helping with a church plant in Montana. Wow. And. Um, I was driving to work one morning and I a song came on the radio and it was talking about um, Jesus coming back for us. Mm. And I remember I pulled over on the side of the road because I was weeping and weeping mm-hmm. so hard. And I just had my hands up and I was like, come back for me, Jesus. Like mm. all I wanted that he had finally brought me to the point in my life where mm-hmm. all I wanted was him. And that's mm-hmm. all he wanted mm-hmm. for me. You know, no boys, mm-hmm. no sex, mm-hmm. no kids, no anything, just him. Mm-hmm. Right. So Brian called the next day 
Wow. Yes. He called the next wow. day. He asked me to pray about getting married. Oh, my goodness. Just like that. Just like that. Yeah. We talked for hours, like yeah. three hours. And he didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. There was no social media back Mm-mm. then. You couldn't mm-hmm. see what each other were doing at all. We had, there was not even cell phones. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, no cell phones. Um, no email. Nothing like yeah. that. So um, basically at that point, he told me to pray about getting married. I knew. Mm-hmm. I knew immediately mm-hmm. that it was time. Like, God, he mm-hmm. gave me back. You know, mm-hmm. he brought him back to me. So he came out with a ring two weeks later. Oh, I know. Asked yeah. my parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so sweet. Asked my parents, and my parents said yes. I didn't. I didn't know we had a ring. I had no idea. Yeah. And um, yeah, and he proposed. So we got married four months later. We did not kiss once during that time. And he said to me, "If we kiss, we are not getting married." And I'm like, "Oh my goodness!" So we would side hug, mm-hmm. <laughs> pat, pat, pat. Yeah. yeah, that first kiss at the altar—that was something else. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh, that's precious. So, yeah. did you get married in Washington or Southern we did. California? Yeah, we got married Washington. in Washington. Yeah, mm-hmm. so his family came up, and mm-hmm. our pastor up there married us. Little Calvary Chapel up there. So, how long after you got married? Yes. Did you move? And how did? he come to say, yeah, "Yeah, we're supposed to be in Uganda. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, at that, I I knew I was a very good submissive wife back then. (laughs) I was 20. Good thing. Because if I got married later on, I probably would have been much harder. and I say the same thing. God knew what he was doing. He had to get us while we were young so we could mold. Yes, exactly, exactly. So 20 years old, um, married, and um, I knew I still wanted to go to Uganda. I still had that in my heart. But I knew that being married, we needed to go where both of us wanted to go. Mm-hmm. So really, I just wanted to go wherever God wanted. You know, right. We were both just like very young. I tell people we were really stupid and filled with faith. Mm-hmm. We just wanted to go wherever God wanted us. And that's like the yeah. best place. Oh, that's how we've lived our lives. Mm-hmm. Still, still very stupid mm-hmm. and filled with faith. <laughs> you know? yes. oh, okay, hopefully we've, we've wised up a little bit. But um, So Brian did, was not called to be a pastor at that point. I, we had no clue. If mm-hmm. I would have known that I was going to be a pastor's wife, right. I don't. Especially after what your mom and dad had yeah, gone exactly. through. Right. Yeah, right. It was really hard. Yes. You know, and Brian, he was scared to death to speak in public. Wow. When we were together at Bible wow. College, he would say things like, yeah, I want to go to church when I grow up, but I just want to stack chairs in the back. You know, you know wow. he actually wanted to be a florist. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, to this day, people are like, a florist? Really? He says, yeah, people die and people always have birthdays, you know, they always get married and... Mm-hmm. So um, we spent our first year and a half, we moved to Georgia, to Athens, Georgia, and there was mm-hmm. a Calvary Chapel church plant there. So we spent some time there. Some uh, His family, friends were starting a church, and they needed children's ministry and mm-hmm. uh, college ministry. So we moved mm-hmm. out there, and that's how we started. Mm-hmm. And we were praying the whole time, like, where God was going to have us. He went to India. He came back from India and said, nope, it's not India. Wow. Wow. <laughs> um, Cambodia, there was an opening for us to oversee a Bible college in Cambodia, but it mm-hmm. was a parachurch organization. And Brian really wanted to stay with Calvary mm-hmm. and to do something, feel supported by Calvary. Mm-hmm. And so we, um, the story of how we actually got to Uganda was very random. So we get, we get pregnant with our son, Judah, who's now 22. Mm-hmm. So we have three children. Mm-hmm. So our oldest is 22 now. So back then, um, I get pregnant with him, and I'm obviously very excited. I have no idea what I'm getting myself into, right? As soon as I have the baby, I just long to be near my mom. I just, you know, wow. you realize what your parents yeah. have, your yes. mom have been through. Yes. And I just, I really wanted to be near family, mm-hmm. you know? So we told the church that we'd been there for about two years, and we told mm-hmm. them, you know, we're going to move back up to Washington State and be with family. Mm-hmm. And they understood. It was, mm-hmm. it was sweet. So we, we started moving. I'm uh, talking like a grandma. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah. get it. You get back up there. 
I get that. Um, li- I'm so sorry, Grandma. We moved to Africa and we yeah. never came back for ten years. So <laughs> my poor mom. Um, but we started walking up there, uh, driving up there up to Washington State, and that was right before 9/11. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I had flown up to be with my mom, my parents, and Brian was still driving our things up, and he was in L.A. on the day before 9/11, and the the church that he'd worked with in Montana, they were flying out of L.A. to go to Uganda. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. On September 11th that morning. Wow. Their flight got grounded, obviously. They of course. Fly out. Right. Brian was there in L.A. He went to a Dairy Queen randomly and met them. And they're all like, what are you doing here? Oh, what are you doing here? They're like, we were supposed to go to Uganda to maybe mm-hmm. go start a church, but we can't now. Mm-hmm. So um, Brian's like, Uganda. Lynn always talks about Uganda. Maybe we should go. And they're like, well, why don't you move to Montana? And then we'll see. So mm-hmm. we did. We moved <laughs> We moved to Montana instead. We spent about six months there. Brian did one trip to Uganda with the pastor into Kampala to the capital city there. And um, he came back and he was like, yeah, we're going. So... Um, we, little did we know we were pregnant with our second. Oh my goodness. So I'm 22 at that point. And we tell everyone, I think it was like December and we tell everyone we're going to move in February. So that's 2001, 2001. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We tell everyone we're leaving. And then that next week I find out I'm like three months pregnant. No. So when we were leaving, oh, it was supposed to be three months later, I would be six months pregnant Mm -mm. and have Mm -hmm. a one-year-old. And so, of course, everyone's like, oh, they're not leaving. Yes, because my poor mom, my parents, I'm the oldest. Brian's the oldest. We have the only grandbabies. Oh. You know, yeah. And so leaving was, it was really hard. Um, Yes. Brian's parents had an easier time with it because he had been a much wilder child. So the fact that he was even loving Jesus at all, they were just like sweet. Yeah. My parents, yeah, it was much, it was harder. You know how, girl, you know, and I was the one pregnant too. So that my parents were like, oh, great. They're not going to, they're not going to go, you know? And um, so basically at that point um, I start praying and I'm reading my Bible and the Bible's talking about um, something about, I think it was in Psalms, holding, you know, keeping life. And I have, you know, I have the control of death. I have the control of life. And I just remember thinking, I'll do whatever you want, Lord. Just don't take this baby, you know, whatever. Because I, I, he just told me, like, I can keep the baby here. I can take your baby here. Mm. I can deliver your baby in Africa. I can take your baby in Africa. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, just don't take the baby. We'll do what you want. Mm-hmm. So we went. We went um, with me six months pregnant and a one-year-old. And Did you give birth in Uganda? I did. I gave birth to two kids in Uganda, actually. Whoa. Yeah. So uh, we arrive, and we're helping plant this the church in the capital city in Kampala. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of Uganda. So, I mean, even just the first day arriving, I was, it was my place. I look mm-hmm. back now and see like videos and pictures of what we used to do. And I just, I can't even, how did we do that? I don't yeah. even, I don't even, I have no just idea. So, such the grace of yeah, God it really yeah, and was. the empowerment. It really right. was. So you, you started by talking about how it's just normal, normal people that God uses. Yes. And it was, I mean, if God can use Brian and I, you can use anybody. Yes. <laughs> you really I can. feel the same thing. And he gets the glory, yep. you know, as I was praying yep. about being here and, and sharing my story, I just want God to get the glory for our mm-hmm. lives, you know, because mm-hmm. he's so incredible. So yeah, I, I delivered um, three months after we arrived. I delivered her in an African hospital um, with a British midwife. Wow. All, yeah, all natural. I'd actually been really sick leading up to getting 
mm-hmm. giving birth and it put me into labor, but she was okay. It was 38 weeks and we were all okay. Wow. So yeah, that was something else. Kind of like something you'd imagine out of the 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what was your housing like when you got to Uganda? Yeah, we, um, Farichi Ministries, we, we started in their little, they had a little guest house. Um, so we started there in their guest house. It was very, um, people ask, you know, were there lions running around? Yeah, were there right. elephants? Yeah. Did you live in a hut? No, we didn't live in a hut, but it was still very basic concrete um, construction, no air conditioning, no uh, p- power half the time, water half the time. Um, you never really knew. Um, okay. Um, like, what's the temperatures? Uh, it was on the equator, and it was actually 3,000 uh, feet above sea level. Mm-hmm. So um, because of the, the high altitude, altitude, yeah, it helped with the... With the um, heat, the heat, yeah, mm-hmm. a little bit, and then it was right on Lake Victoria, mm-hmm. which is the second largest lake in the world. Right. So it, it almost it felt like I'd never been landlocked my whole right. life either. So right. Brian, who's from New Mexico, he's used to being landlocked. Right. Um, the lake, having the lake there, kind of made it feel like, I and mean, we get a breeze off the lake. It was mm-hmm. actually basically between sixty and eighty. Yeah, all day. Yeah, every day. So. yeah, but without air conditioning. Yeah, we're without, so yeah, yeah, we're so used Again, to this. I tell people we were just very stupid and just filled with faith. Now, I know what I didn't tell you is that we had raised no support, Cheryl. Oh my goodness! Yeah, we didn't raise anything because that's uh-huh. one thing to go over there mm-hmm. if you have, you know, the support system. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes that when we're following the Lord by faith, like even. You know, missionaries, because one of the things other missionaries like are missionary stories. Mm. Whoops. Look, sounds like we're going to be out of mm-hmm. time, but we're going to come back next week because there's so much more where the Lord has taken Lynn and Brian. So join us. That was part one. Join us for part two. Thank you for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Robin Jones Gunn. For more information on Cheryl, visit CherylBroderson.com or follow her on Instagram or Facebook. For more information on Robin, visit RobinGunn.com or follow her on Instagram or Facebook. Join us each week for a lively conversation as we explore the lives of well-known and not-so-well-known historical and contemporary Christian women. If you think there is a woman worth knowing, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at W wk at cccm.com. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Make sure you rate us on your podcast app, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Thank you again for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Robin Jones-Gunn. Women Worth Knowing is a production of Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa.